This is episode number 481 with Natasha Pearl Hansen, a comedian creates a breakup registry. Hi, everybody. I'm Sandy Weiner, and welcome back to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late to go on your last first date. And if you want support on your journey to lasting love, I wrote a book for you, and it's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. And if you're watching on video, here it is. It's filled with 30 tips, stories, and exercises that are designed to help you show up, stand up, and speak up to step more fully into your value. These are communication skills, all kinds of skills that help you to really live your best life. And you can find it on Amazon for Kindle or paperback. This week's tip from the book is step 11. Don't be a people pleaser. This is one of my favorite tips because I'm a reformed people pleaser and I see Natasha shaking her head. Uh, so many of us just live somebody else's life where we're people pleasing and think that we have to say or do things that don't really align with who we are. And once we really get clear, like, I don't have to do this to make somebody else happy. We just free up so much space and time in our brains and in our lives. So my challenge to you this week is to stop being a people pleaser. Do one, one thing to stop being a people pleaser. Just take a baby step. Before you say yes to something, take a pause and think about it. And before I bring Natasha on, I am inviting you to join our Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date. And we have an incredible group for single women over 40 who are looking to really grow on their way to their last first date. This is a highly curated, highly moderated group, which is very unusual for Facebook groups today, where we really don't let any posts come in that are not in alignment with my group guidelines, which really align with who I am as a dating coach. So join us at your last first date. And now for my guest, Natasha Pearl Hansen. She's a comedian and a podcast host and an entrepreneur. In June of 2019, the day she was supposed to get married, she recorded and self-produced her first comedy special called I Was Supposed to Get Married Today. It was shot at her wedding venue and recorded in front of an audience of guests. And she has a podcast, Future Role Model, which is in its third year. Natasha created and curated her own comedy tours for nearly six years, selling out her solo performances all around the globe. Hi, Natasha. Hello. Nice to meet you and have you on or have me on. It's so nice to be here. <laughs> Somebody's on. <laughs> I know. I'm so used to doing my own podcast and I'm like, oh, right. it's so nice to meet you. Thanks for being on my podcast. I'm like, oh, hello. I'm on your podcast. <laughs> it's really weird when the tables turn. Isn't I know. It? <laughs> oh my God. It still throws me when I'm being interviewed because I'm so, I'm so curious about other people and their stories that when somebody's curious about mine, I'm like, oh yeah, I have one too. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've heard so many podcasts. <laughs> where like Brene Brown will have people on and they'll they have their her. own podcast. I love her mm -hmm. too. And they'll start asking her questions. They'll go like, that's a great question. I'm curious about how you feel about that. And then it becomes like two podcasts. Two right? podcasts. I know. <laughs> I've, occasionally I've had um, some of my girlfriends on where their podcast host too and other comedians and we just kind of end up interviewing each other. And um, <laughs> it's fun that way. It's fun when you have two people that are curious and listen and respond, you know, that's like makes for such good conversation, honestly. 
definitely. I just thought of a great title for a new podcast called Two Podcast Hosts Walk Into a Bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. That'd be good. <laughs> and probably everyone at the bar is a podcast host. Today. I know. And the conversation goes for nine hours. <laughs> <laughs> Five days. <laughs> um, so, Natasha, tell us the backstory about canceling your wedding. We'd love to hear. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was such a, what a strange time to think back on. Cause it was, a, you know, two over two years ago. Now, um, I had been with the same person for many, many years, like seven years or so. Um, we had gotten engaged. Um, actually it was about eight and a half years at that time. We'd gotten engaged a couple years before and kept postponing our wedding because we had fallen out of love and started growing apart. Um, and you know, when that happens and you've been with somebody for a long time, we just kept kind of picking a new date. We're like, oh, we'll feel different by this date. Let's set the wedding for then. And it just doesn't work that way. And so, um, we'd had a couple postponements and it was, uh, June 15th of 2019, um, that we were set to get married finally again. And, uh, I knew it wasn't going to happen. And I had the venue, they couldn't move it again or do anything with the space. And I was like, well, I've been doing stand up for 10 years at this point. I got a lot to say. This is like the most awkward day of my life. I had to call everybody and cancel again. I got to turn this into something. This seems like uh, just a very appropriate time to say what I need to say. And so I used it to do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's very creative use of your venue and <laughs> a tough situation, but you yeah. know, your story isn't so unusual where people fall out of love, but don't end things, you know, and yeah. I, I think it's, it's so hard. There's this, uh, this theory of sunk cost where you've yep. already put so much into this and what if, and yeah, even though, you know, the writing's on the wall, right? Yeah. 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 And I think a lot of people stick around. I mean, because of my startup, um, I've obviously been doing a lot of research in this space for the last year and a half or more. Um, people stay in relationships that aren't working for a lot of reasons, either the sunken cost situation, they feel obligated to each other's families or each other's friend groups. Um, the big ones that my registry was created to solve were financial. You know, a lot of people share those expenses of a one bedroom um, or whatever kind of place, especially in a city like Los Angeles. We were so codependent on each other's income that that was a really hard thing for us to kind of let go of. Um, I find a lot of people feel that way they're scared to lose half of the income that they bring in. It's a financial obligation. So um, yeah, a lot of people stay in situations that aren't making them happy for a lot of reasons. And, you know, sometimes you just have to take, take your reprieve from a situation and say, okay, is this actually, when do I need to cut my losses here? So yeah, and, and I'm glad you brought up some other reasons. I I personally kind of knew as I got into my marriage that it wasn't going to work. Like there was, mm -hmm. there were so many little red flags, but I didn't know myself well enough or know what a line in the sand looked like mm -hmm. until I until I got divorced really and started this career as a dating and relationship coach. 
and started studying boundaries and communication skills and values and all the things that really help us to know what is it that's going to really work for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I'd love to talk to you more about your book, but obviously that's going to be at another <laughs> time, but, um, or even read it. I mean, I've, I've learned a lot in my new relationship about relationships, because I think a lot of people, when they get, this is something people talk about in Hollywood a lot. Like when somebody becomes famous at a young age, they kind of just stay in that age. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that with long relationships too. I feel like I got into my last relationship when I was in my mid twenties and we were just comfortable, you know, for a long time, comfortable. There was no conversations about feelings, boundaries, uh, how, we, how, how we can make each other feel loved. There, w- there wasn't conversations like that. It was just kind of coasting for a long time. So when I got in this new relationship, I didn't know those things, which sounds crazy because I'm 36 now, but I was coming into this, not, not knowing how to date, not understanding what, uh, what setting boundaries in a relationship looks like, what, um, what communication, like, I mean, there's just a lot of things that I was really unaware of that I had to relearn, um, or just learn for the first time. And it's pretty fascinating uh, to go through that experience. Yeah, I mean that's such an interesting thing that you kind of get frozen in in a in a in an age. Yeah, when you meet, I mean, we can get very um, sort of stuck in our lives when we don't expand, and mm-hmm. when we're in a bad situation. It could be a bad job too. Like people who stay in a bad job never really find out who they really are and what their full potential is. Yeah. I see that a lot. Yeah. It's just that comfortability. You know, I, you know, there's always these posts from other entrepreneurs, like leaving your comfort zone and how you, how you grow as an individual, how you grow as a creator, how you grow as an entrepreneur, all these things. Um, you know, I mean, I feel like we've all had to really jump out of our comfort zone this last year and a half, two years, like more so than anybody wanted to. Um, so I try to kind of retain that collective trauma knowledge while I'm still, you know, going through the process of having, um, split with somebody during that, you know, early part of that time, uh, went through this whole section of time alone, building my startup and then starting a new relationship, just a lot of moving parts. So it's just, it's interesting to have to look at all that from like a, you know, focal lens and figure out, you know, how am I dealing with things? How am I, coming off to other people, other people are going through this piece of collective trauma as well. Like, you know, just being very mindful of, um, your place in that, in that part of the world. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's so much collective trauma. You're right. Yeah. And, and, and it takes courage. The word courage keeps coming up as you're talking. And I I'm thinking about, like, I think the French word for heart is core, which is what courage comes from. And it takes courage to love. It takes courage to do the hard things that actually fuel our passions and fuel who we are as a person and help Mm -hmm. to help us grow. Yeah. And so all those skills that you mentioned, like knowing how to date, how to set boundaries, how to communicate. Mm -hmm. So you said you had to learn it all and you're also with somebody now. So how, how did you, how did you learn all of these things? 
I mean, I still am. I'm still learning. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that come up when you're being reintroduced to who you are in relation to somebody new. Um, when I was going through the process of healing from my last relationship alone, there was one level of healing that was happening. That was me focusing on myself, certain health and wellness aspects, reading certain things that I had always wanted to read, just having my own time back. But I wasn't being faced with who I am on a more uh, deep level. And I wasn't being faced with some harsh truths about myself because I was just back to being by myself. Um, there's a tendency for entertainers, even if you're self-aware of this, to be selfish. I think that can be the case with entrepreneurs and entertainers, and I work in both of those spaces. Um, there are certain behaviors of mine that have been brought to my attention that I don't think I would have ever found, especially if I had stayed in the relationship that I was in, because it was not the type of relationship that would have highlighted those things. Um, it was very passive. Um, who I'm with now is not passive at all. And that took some getting used to, um, you know, cause I was used to just kind of doing whatever the hell I wanted. And, uh, in hindsight, you know, who wants to, who wants to really live that way? Is that really an honorable way to live? So I made a lot of mistakes and I'm still making some of them, um, as I learn how to undo some of those things I had ingrained in myself on accident. So it's just interesting to learn about yourself and have to be like, wow, okay, I do do that. I am really defensive. I, I do think of myself a lot. Maybe I should spread out the love, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Well, so what's really important about what you're sharing is that you were open to hearing and to course correcting. When you're healing from a long-term relationship, the way that you build yourself publicly and privately is telling yourself you're good. You're a champion of all these things and then showcasing that. And you can feel to other people like a champion and you can feel to yourself like you're a champion, but you may not be championing all the things you need to be championing. Um, you know, and so just, just kind of figuring that out and saying, okay, if I want to portray to people that I'm some sort of ambassador for lemons into lemonade, I better actually be doing that, like thoroughly be doing that because I don't want to inauthentically put that energy out there and, not be standing on that pedestal for real, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, walking your talk is huge. And it's, yeah. there's so many people who don't practice what they preach. Mm -hmm. I've made some big mistakes and I have come clean. And I actually, those were the best learning experiences for me where I did something that I'm not proud of as, a, as an entrepreneur, as a person who runs my own business. And I was working with a coach at the time. I remember when I, I did something I was really upset about for myself that I had stooped to that level because it was a time of scarcity for me and I did something I, I would, would not do again. But I learned how to make it better by asking for forgiveness in a way that actually was an in integrity with me by mm -hmm. being public with it, by you know making a public apology as well as a private apology, asking in particular what what that person would want me to do. 
And it's, it's not easy to do that, but you've got to own, you know, we're all human. We're just, yeah. we're, we're just trying to make it work. Yeah. And you know, you, <laughs> when you're, when you're not able to own mistakes that you have made, whether it be for just yourself or publicly, um, it only causes more damage because you're trying to hide something when you're trying to hide something, you're carrying deceit, you're putting that into your new relationships. There's just stuff that doesn't gel or vibe. And, um, you know, I've learned that too. When I first started this new relationship, I was really open about some really bad things from my, from my past. And then some smaller things that I felt like, well, I don't want to dump all this on him. I hid. And those ended up really hurting him because I was, why would I tell him about this? And then, and then hide all these small things, then it builds distrust. And so, um, and that comes back to bite you because you may be an honest person or be trying to be an honest person, but now you've built a layer of distrust that didn't need to be there. So it's just this, um, this being honest to a fault can be hard, but it's very, very freeing. And it feels like a lot of weight comes off of you. Um, doesn't always feel like that for the person who's receiving the information, but in the end, it allows them to trust you. And I, I had to learn that the hard way too, uh, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. All the best lessons are learned the hard way. Yeah, they are. They totally are. Um, let's take a quick break from this really important conversation to hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Stello Mints. As a dating and relationship coach, I see how anxiety and stress can sometimes sabotage people's success in their romantic lives. If you have been feeling more anxious lately, that's exactly what Stello Mints were made for. Powered by CBD, Stello Mints are a fast and simple way to feel more calm and clear-minded throughout your day, and especially before a date with someone you like. They come in three bold flavors, peppermint, lemon, and matcha. I got the lemon and they are delicious. And now for a limited time, you can get a free sample of Stello Mints. Just go to stellomints.com and use the code LASTFIRSTDATE, all one word, and your order is going to be converted to a free sample. That's Stello, S-T-E-L-L-O, Mints, coupon code LASTFIRSTDATE, all one word, for a free sample. And now back to the podcast. So this is just such an important conversation, trust, honesty, how much do you share? How soon do you share? You know, and, and I think some people share way too much too soon. So, you know, I think there's a lot of truth to not thinking you can share it all or thinking you might burden someone if you share too much or mm -hmm. maybe they can't handle all of your life, they can only handle part of like, so you just kind of drip it and don't share it all. Like what was yeah. behind your not sharing everything? Yeah. I mean, there was no, there was no reason with who I'm currently with that he gave me that I should think that I wasn't able to share those things about my life, but in the situation, I'll, I'll give you context because you know, this is helpful. I think other people might definitely go through this for sure. Um, I had split with my ex fiance right at the beginning of 2020 and 
was doing a lot of touring in that time. So I had put a bunch of things in storage and then um, the pandemic hit. So I went to, uh, to be with my family for a chunk of time and left a lot of things at our old place because the world was shut down. He, you know, he had them in another room. And then when I got back to LA that summer, I moved pretty much everything else except for some like keepsake boxes. And so um, because I hadn't been in another significant relationship, I didn't realize the value of clean slate, breaking things apart. There was such a slow trickle um, of kind of getting all the stuff out metaphorically and actually. (laughs) And um, so those were the kinds of things I wasn't telling my now boyfriend. I was, I didn't tell him I still had some stuff at my exes that we were still on a phone plan together. I, in fact, went, you know, went to lengths to make sure he didn't find that out. And it's stuff he wouldn't have even been upset about, but because I hit it for a while and then he figured it out, it looked really bad. Um, and he was like, you know, if you would have just told me, like, I would have been understanding we're in a, a pandemic and a crisis, like, of course, it takes you more time to get things situated. Um, but I was thinking he was, my idea in my own head was, let me let you think that my house is tidy. Well, I'll sneak away and clean up the shit in the basement while you're not paying attention. You know, I'm just thinking that like, oh, I'll just tidy up over here when he's looking the other direction. When in fact, he would have just helped me clean and it would have been done faster you know, Mm. and I didn't realize that. Um, so it was certain things like that, just really silly little mistakes, um, that end up not being so little because it just builds, um, a level of betrayal, you know? Yeah. I mean, trust is huge. It's everything right. And, and people (sighs) hide things from each other. And I, I have a client who is afraid to really disclose some emotional things to this new partner she has. Mm-hmm. And I said, he's given her every reason to believe that it's a safe space. That's really the key. Cause you have, you have a partner right now who has created this safe space and has mm-hmm. made it open and he's honest and he's encouraging your complete disclosure. And so, you know, you don't do that with somebody who doesn't create that safe space. And if you don't have that trust already built, I think that's an important distinction. But yeah. if you have it and you're hiding and trying to look perfect, which is the tidying up over here part, yeah. it's like, I got it all together. Yeah. And, you know, also it doesn't create intimacy. Also, it prevents a certain level of intimacy when you are trying to send your representative out to date instead of who you really are. Yeah. It's so funny that you say it like that, but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I had done so much work building myself up just by myself after, um, my split, you know, using the pandemic to not date guys, I couldn't have been more disinterested in men for like, you know, months and months and months, nine months. I didn't, I didn't talk to any guys, see any guys, hang out with guys. I mean, um, so when I met him and knew it was special, I was like, uh, Ooh, yeah, you've got to really just think I'm awesome. I really just wanted him to think that I was awesome and sure. Yeah, I am in a lot of ways, but (laughs) I did a lot of unawesome stuff to try to look awesome. And it's like, people, people are way, (laughs) they're way more forgiving than you give them credit for. 
people are way more open to hearing where you're at and understanding you than you give them credit for. Um, that's something that I find really relieving about comedy. I mean, obviously that's through a, like a comedic lens, but same thing. I mean, if you're, the more open you can be about your actual life, the more, the more somebody can feel connected to that, you know, the right people will feel connected to that. Yeah, it's really true. I mean, there are comedians who are so formulaic that they're not real. They're mm -hmm. following somebody else's formula, which is the same with any kind of writing. I think that it's easy to, I mean, I wrote like this when I first started in my industry, it was like, oh, I'm going to present the three top tips for this. And, and it, was <laughs> yeah. just like, it was like somebody else's formula. It had nothing to mm -hmm. do with me, but it, I got courage over the years because I found my voice and was not afraid to share where I was in my dating life and who I was as a person. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a fine line though, as a, as a, person who is a leader, you don't share everything. Like, and I think some yeah. people cross that line where they're like, I'm a freaking hot mess. And oh my God, and I'm going to cry on Instagram and you're going to see I'm a real person. And, and it's like, whoa, uh, no, thanks. <laughs> you sound like you're <laughs> falling apart. So there's yeah. that, that, right. Have you seen that also? Yeah. And that's an interesting thing with social media. I mean, I, I find a lot of people like to do the highlight reel. I've always tried to just keep it pretty, um, pretty even keeled. You know, I'm not always like, eh, my life is amazing, you know, like <laughs> at all. Um, but it's also, you know, I also really rarely, uh, show a ton of emotion on there either. I mean, I will, I will from here, you know, from time to time, if it seems appropriate, I think I only did with like one person's loss a couple years ago. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you want to represent your brand best you can and where our brand is, uh, a piece of us, but it's like that public facing piece of us, how people are perceiving us. So you want that to be accurate. If your brand is actually you, you want to have people have a perception of you that you feel like is accurate for how you perceive yourself, but it's kind of like this portion rather than this portion, you know, you, <laughs> you're, you take all this and you kind of just smush it down and put that forward rather than give people all the crust, <laughs> <laughs> right. you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, I think about some of the, the comedians who are public, like, um, Russell Brand, who, is now very open and very like, I don't really care what you think of me. Here I am. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say what I feel, but yeah. that is his brand now, you know, Russell's pretty, brand. Right. I was going to say <laughs> there's a little so, irony in there. So cheeky, but whatever. It was just, it was set up for, yeah, we had to, you had to call it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he is, he's just known for that. And mm -hmm that's not like he shows up in his comedy act one way and on his social media in another way. And he's become almost like a guru to some people because mm -hmm. he's not afraid to speak the truth. And so it's, it's about finding what you want to represent um, out there in the world. And people don't realize that comedians can be very different in private. I mean, having oh, been yeah. married to a comic, he was the person on the stage was the person I fell in love with.
the person at home was so different. Like the person on stage was spontaneous. He was very playful and um, almost like a child. Mm -hmm. And in private, he had that childlike persona, but he was quiet and withdrawn. And that happens a lot with comedians Mm -hmm. where they they really are like two different people. And that was hard for me. I kept saying, can you be that other guy a little bit more? Can you integrate who you are? Yeah, it's interesting how that works. I feel like, you know, that's something that me and me and my boyfriend are both comedians, um, but we're both very entrepreneurial as well. So we have those two sides to what we do. Um, so we have like our more subdued at home version of ourselves, but we're weirder. What's kind of interesting is we're like weird, goofy in our private setting. Um, our public uh, goofy is more uh, constructed and thought out and you know, we're still goofy in that space, but, um, it's interesting. Like the kind of stuff we joke about here could not, you know, (laughs) would not live on a stage. It just wouldn't, (laughs) it's too wildly inappropriate most of the time, or just like too, (laughs) too, um, uh, inside jokey or whatever that is. Um, but I feel like that can be the way with a lot of comedians, you know, there will either be a need to really put on for others, which we've, we talked about before the podcast, um, that has its own annoyances. Um, both him and I are just like, Hey, we just want to be people. Let's have good conversation. Let's try to maintain really great friendships and relationships in our lives. And then we're funny too. And we take pieces of that and like, you know, shiny it up for the stage. And then the rest of your life, we're just living, you know, at least that's the goal. (laughs) living is good (laughs) yeah uh and Mm -hmm. and it's fun to hear about your private life because the goofiness that comes with a good relationship is so important being able Mm -hmm. to be playful being able to have those inside jokes is the way that we start to enmesh with each other let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors this episode is brought to you by amazon music unlimited You can listen to over 70 million songs and thousands of playlists and stations. Plus, you can now stream your favorite podcasts like Last First Date Radio. You can listen to any song, anytime, anywhere, on any of your devices, your smartphone, your tablet, your PC or Mac, Fire TV, and any Alexa-enabled devices like the Amazon Echo. Get Amazon Music Unlimited for free for 30 days just head on over to getamazonmusic.com forward slash last first date to learn more and claim this offer. It's it's cool to hear how you can make it work with somebody in your industry. It sounds like because there is so much else that works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've definitely been through our fair share of things, Um, you know, and I think maybe at some point him and I'll open up more about some of that, even just on my podcast, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, you choose to, you choose, it's a choice if you want to love somebody and be with somebody, you know, and if you want to work through things and have hard conversations and, um, a lot of people aren't willing to do that. A lot of people aren't willing to hit certain walls and climb over them or bust through them. You know, a lot of people just give up. Um, 
and I see it happen all the time. And then, but on the other side of that wall, sometimes is the best portion that you just were missing out on the whole time, you know? So it can be just really wildly beneficial to go through some, some stuff and have things, you know, have to learn, like I said, about yourself, about how to operate in relationships and make them healthy and to have more integrity in your life all around. Um, it's not a bad thing to learn. <laughs> no, it's, it's an amazing thing to learn. And yeah. you can't just learn it by reading books and listening to podcasts. No, you've got to be no. in it. And it's, it's true for so many people who just gets in that stuck place of, I just need to take one more course and I just need to read three more books and get another mm-hmm. degree and just, you know, just kind of stay in that gaining knowledge place of inaction Mm-hmm. And the, the, the lab that we need to learn in is in our relationships. Yeah. You need to apply the it. Only way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really the only it's way. It's just like a, a new language. That's what I said to a friend of his, when we first started dating, I was like, you know, I feel like I'm learning a new language. You are when you're learning how to be with another person all the time and communicate with them and have trust and have all these things. Um, it is a new language for yourself and between you and them, you know, if you're learning Spanish and you're just retaining it, but you're never speaking it, you're not going to speak Spanish, you know? And so that's kind of how I feel is like, I'm in that applicable phase where it's like, all right, I've been being fed all these new things that I didn't know about relationships. Now I have to make the choice to do them well (laughs) and put my own ego and pride aside and be willing to be wrong and uh that's hard sometimes it's really hard to admit when you're wrong especially when you're wrong a lot of times in a row you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) but it is so healing when you can when when you can let the ego just be put the ego aside and realize there's something to gain I think Mm -hmm. another distinction that I want to make here is that when when feedback is given from a place of love because a person cares about you, it's so different than criticism. And so, anger, right? Yes, the source and the intention are equally important. And so we don't have to respond to everybody trying to correct us. I mean, like negative views on your, you know, comments on your YouTube videos or whatever. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's not good feedback. Right. <laughs> But some of it is, some of it might be like, if you're able to read it and go, Hmm, you know, even though they said in a pretty nasty way, Mm -hmm. that might be something I can actually learn from. Yeah. I mean, and you still have to take those things, you know, I I try not to look at those kinds of things, but when it comes down to it, when you're putting, when you're putting your stuff out into the world, it's a stranger finding you and deciding to take some time to write something about you whether that's ludicrous or not is besides the point they're, they're still finding you. So how are, how are you coming across to some random stranger in the world? Um, that's still important to know, especially if you're an artist, you don't always have to care. Um, you know, I, I care more about how I affect a live audience for sure than I do like a YouTube audience because, um, you get that immediate feedback. It's more human. Um, so people connect with you afterwards. They give, they talk to you about it in a much different kind of way than from a behind the screen. But regardless, I mean, um, as an artist or as a person, you know, 
taking at least a piece of what people have to say to you is important because it's how they're reading you. Mm -hmm. So it's important to know how you're coming across. Yeah. So let's talk about the breakup registry. Yeah. (laughs) I love the, I love the name of it. I I actually created a registry when I moved out of my house Mm -hmm. uh, after my divorce, because I had an empty house to put things Mm -hmm. in. And I never registered for my wedding. And I thought, you know, everybody's going to come to this open house. I should register because I don't want a bunch of things I don't want. So tell us about your breakup registry. It was exactly born of that kind of thing. You know, I had, um, I had watched sex in the city in college back in the day. And I remember there was this episode where Carrie, um, leaves her, um, Manolo Blahniks at, a baby shower door and somebody steals them. (laughs) And, you know, and she's like, the only reason I took them off is because you have, you're having a baby. And so she registers for the shoes. And so it was this, um, this kind of funny thing that had always kind of been in my head, like, oh yeah, if you're a single woman that this age or whatever, you should be able to have your friends register and support, you know, and then I saw things, right. You know, I read, articles over the years about single person registries and how that wouldn't really work because there's some people that are just perpetually single. And so when I went through my split, um, I was kind of looking through my former registry on Honey Fund. Um, Honey Fund's a company that I'd followed forever. I'm a very big, avid watcher of Shark Tank. So when they were first pitching on Shark Tank, like eight years ago to Kevin O'Leary, I remember that I'd followed them. I followed the business. I love reading tech magazines. And so the night that me and my ex-fiance broke up, I was sitting up and reading um, articles, went into my registry and I rewrote it, Natasha's marrying Natasha. And I just was sending it out to some of my friends as a joke, registered for some new furniture because I was losing everything. And I was like, wow, this is a good idea started talking to some other business friends about it. And they were like, damn, this is, this is really clever. And if you, anyone can bring it to life with a story, it's you and your story because it just flows, you know, it fits. So, um, I started working on it over the pandemic and went really all in summer of 2020, founded the business, um, renamed it. It was originally going to be called something else. But I thought my breakup registry is just very, you know, there's no questions there. <laughs> my breakup registry. Um, so uh, yeah, and then I launched it. I've been doing kind of slow inundation of scale, um, but it's scaling and it's doing it. And um, yeah, it's just really exciting. So it's really just pushing um, people to be more open about their breakups, their relationship failures, ask for help. People are afraid to ask for help. Um, I say this to even other artists, friends of mine all the time. I'm like, if you put on social media that you're killing it, nobody's going to think that you need a job, you know, they're not going to hire you. Cause they're not going to, they're going to think you're so busy. Like tell people that you are looking, <laughs> you know, tell people that you're in a bind, tell people whatever. Cause then they know. Um, so I like kind of being able to reintroduce that to people and say, Hey, like, approach your breakup differently. It's okay to tell your friends that you need some stuff. Maybe you need a weekend away. Great. Go do that. You know, you need a couch. Your friends will help you. I'm sure they'll each put in 50 bucks for you to get a dope couch, you know, whatever it is. I just want people to remember they have a community to lean on. 
That's such a great idea. And I also <laughs> love Shark Tank, by the way. I know. <laughs> I think if you're an entrepreneur, it's like so cool to see people pitching ideas and how they mm -hmm. pitch and how concise they make it and how clear they are. But I love this idea of Natasha's marrying Natasha. We all need help, especially after a breakup. And yeah, there's a lot to mend. There's a lot to repair in terms of, you know, how rebuilding, you're, you're really rebuilding a life separate from mm -hmm. the person you were with. Yeah. It's, you know, the way that I was talking with somebody recently about this. And when you go, when you go through a breakup with somebody, even if it's not as long as nine years, like mine was, but you're, you're you've joined like cells with somebody almost. And when you split, you can like feel it. You can feel it pulling apart. Your body feels it. It's pretty intense. Um, so you have to like learn to just like become okay as a solo entity again, before you can even begin the, I like the thought of meshing again with somebody new. Um, so it's just, it's, it's a weird concept, how you kind of <laughs> join and release and join and release throughout life, um, you know, and other relationships as well, but intimate relationships, it's like, you know, it's a big deal. It's a big deal to, to pull apart. And, um, a lot of people don't feel comfortable opening up about how painful that is. Even if it's something they know to be right, it still is really painful. So, yeah, and I, I'm glad you said that even if they know it, it's something that's good for them, because I think a lot of people think, oh, well, if you wanted the breakup, then it's easy, but it's not. Mm -mm, mm -mm. No, and it, it doesn't matter if it's mutual, you know, my, um, with my ex and I, that was the case pretty much. I mean, we'd both kind of come at it at different times. It was never like a meeting of, hey, this is the best idea, you know, right now, but like I had said it and then he had said it and then I had said it and then he had said it. And then he kind of made the final, like this needs to be the time. And otherwise we would have probably just kept going back and forth for a little bit longer. Who knows? Yeah. Um, when, you know, I could have saved myself a lot of heartache by going off the initial time, which was like two years earlier, you know, but sometimes it takes time to figure it out. You know, I mean, there were, like I said, early on, there were some behaviors that I would have never addressed ever if I had stayed back there, you know? Yeah. Um, and also may have never addressed if I hadn't found the person that I'm with now. Um, we all have a lot to learn about ourselves throughout time. It's just the yeah. way it is. And people come into your life and leave your life in certain moments to allow you to be a better version of yourself. Um, you know, I don't, I hope everybody out there wants to be the best version of themselves. Um, but you know, even the other day, my boyfriend and I were having a conversation and he was like, um, he said, he said these words to me, which really, really stru struck my heart, but he was like, I, I demand your best. I wow. demand your best. And I like got really emotional at that. And I was like, wow, nobody's, nobody's ever demanded my best before, hmm. you know, from me. Um, that's cool. You know, what did that, what did that mean to you? it meant that he wouldn't settle for allowing me to, to let myself 
compromise myself um, or anything around me. Um, we just been through a number of things recently. And, uh, and to me, that was just, uh, you know, a very strong way to show love. Um, I had been miscoached on love for a very long time. My family is very loving, but in a way where it's like, oh, everything's fine. You're just accepted. And sometimes the kind of love you need is harsher than that. Sometimes you need somebody to love you and tell you things about yourself that aren't fun to hear um, and still tell you that they still want to work through things despite this stuff. That's a whole different level of love, you know, that I didn't know existed. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so um, it's pretty eye-opening when you experience that kind of love, um, harsher love. Um, but that's, that's the kind of love to me that is much more viable as far as, you know, when you coast and you just allow things to be what they are, it's easy for things to build, you know, build resentment, things to be misconstrued. Um, that's the kind of love that doesn't always stick. And, um, that's the kind of love I think a lot of people find themselves in, especially after a long time is just being there, um, not continuing to grow or change or, um, be better. Yeah. And so I, I found that to be a really cool, um, point in our relationship. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's, it's beautiful. I, I, I agree with you that being called up, not called out, but called up mm -hmm. to your highest self is the ultimate sign of caring for somebody. Yeah, it's, I mean, I strive to do that as a parent and as a coach, you know, I always tell my clients, I will never shame you, but I will not overlook things I will not just go okay that's nice we don't yeah. do that because you don't grow but I'll yeah. always do it with kindness and with care yeah. but yeah. I'm, I'm gonna call you out I'm gonna yeah. call you out because otherwise you're not gonna grow so if mm -hmm. you say it's fine and it's not we're gonna talk about that uh, and it's it's a constant work in progress and I really hope that I get to a place soon where I'm like ooh, look at you know, I I'm in that process right now. Um, but I can't wait to be on the other side of it and be able to say, look at that gamut that I just went through. And wow, does that feel different and cool? You know? Yeah. I'm still coming through it, but <laughs> well, so I know I'll get out the other side. <laughs> you'll always be coming through it though. I uh -huh. think that, you know, that, that even though we grow and it's wonderful to grow, there's always more to learn, you know? Um, yeah a lot older than you. And I am still learning every day. I'm still learning my triggers. I'm still learning, you know, where I can step up to the plate where I mm -hmm. may be overlooking certain areas of growth and conversations I'm afraid to have. Yeah. It never ends, even though this is my specialty. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's like you, you don't stop growing if you're an aware person until mm -hmm. the day you die. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. So may we all continue on that growth path, <laughs> figure out yes. a bunch of things about ourselves that can go in the trash <laughs> forever. That's the most fun is being able to just discard, be like, oh, I didn't need that the whole time. <laughs> right. Wow. Was I just putting myself through hell trying to hang on to that piece of trash within myself? Mm. May as well toss that in the garbage forever. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> it's really nice to have those moments of like, holy crap, I guess I yeah. need, I'm way better without that. <laughs> yeah. It's like lighter. It's like mm-hmm. minimalist living. I don't need all those things I thought I mm-hmm. needed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who are we with all, without all the crap and the clutter? Um, so Natasha, tell, tell our audience how they can find you and then we will, we will close. Yes. Um, so my website, my name is Natasha Pearl Hansen. My initials are NPH. So to be confused, he's awesome. Um, but my website is NPH comedy, my Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff is at NPH comedy. Um, my breakup registry is my breakup registry.com. Um, I have links to that from my personal site. Also the Instagram for that is at my breakup registry. Um, it's growing on Facebook right now. Um, and some really cool things are about to come with that. I have a big launch happening in before this will come out, but a lot of cool things will be happening by the time this episode airs. So I'm really excited. Yay. Well, all of this will be in the show notes as well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, just to our audience, if you love our show, please take a moment and tell our, tell your friends, share it, rate and review us, subscribe, because that's how we continue to grow. Here's to your, your last, last first, first date. date. <laughs> we didn't nail it. <laughs> <laughs> that was good enough because we're all about imperfection. <laughs> if you are ready to get unstuck, gain new tools, become more empowered, and finally find your last first date, I'd love to talk to you. Fill out an application to be considered for a complimentary half-hour love breakthrough session at lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. That's lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. I look forward to talking to you soon.